No comment. Really? No comment. Wow. All right. No. We have a lot of drinking and fighting to do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I think it's... <laughs> Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to the Reluctant Agilist. Chris Lee is here. Chris, thanks for taking time out of your afternoon. Thank you for having me, man. Really appreciate it. <laughs> so Chris is a fellow CST. He's got a company called Spark Plug Agility, which he's going to tell you about in a second. But just to tease the topic, we're going to be focusing on a specific area of the new Scrum Guide. We're going to be talking about the artifacts. So um, before we jump into that, Chris, would you like to share a little bit about your background and tell them a little bit about Spark Plug? Absolutely. Uh, first, again, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm one of those folks that's lucky enough to, well, formerly able to get on a plane and go and work with professionals all over the world, learning about uh, all the cool things that we can do. Most people call for, for our certified offerings from a scrum standpoint, but a big focus of what we do is on the advanced levels. Dave and I, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit, but the advanced certified scrum master and certified scrum professional, folks who are really looking into those guide level certifications, that's who we work with a lot. Um, we've got some other things in the hopper coming in 2021. I don't really want to let the cat out of the bag, but for those of you who are interested in learning how to level up as a facilitator and also how to level up as an instructor, we've got some interesting things coming for you next year. So uh, we, the, the one silver lining about what's happening with COVID, it's let us really bear down on some of those things and uh, clean up a bit. So really looking forward to the road ahead. Cool. All right. Thank you. And they can go to Spark Plug Agility to, uh, to find all that stuff. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, what we're going to focus on now is some specific stuff in the, in the new version of the Scrum Guide. So the 2020 version came out of, uh, about two weeks ago, I think, officially. And there's some some changes in there. And some of them I was particularly concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um I tend to look at the Scrum Guide through the lens of, oh my God, what will the bad actors use this as an excuse to get away with? And so I, I react pretty strongly to some things. I also was thinking about trying to teach some of the stuff in class and how the changes will affect that. Um, so we'll dig into that in a second. Overall, what was your, what's your opinion of the, of the changes overall to the document? Overall, um, I'll, I'll say I like it. Um, stepping, stepping back and being able to go like, okay, can we lean out some of this stuff? Because, uh, as you know, Dave, in class, people have questions or they've seen it before. And, and, and while the guide says, there's a lot of the guide says, and can you memorize this bulleted list of this or this particular sentence? Uh, I'm a fan of leaning some of the things out, uh, making some stuff a little bit more like clear and open to interpretation, but to echo what you said, you look at it through the eyes of how could a bad actor use this? How could either it be taught in a less effective way or how could someone say, well, I want to use it like this. So I'm definitely with you on that. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, I think, well, you, you know, you just mentioned the people that try to like memorize it and stuff. I found um, in going through this, that it made me question a lot of things that I say are true about scrum, like things that I say are rules that aren't in the scrum guide. And I was just in this big heated debate with Michelle Sliger on Twitter, <laughs> I mean, on Messenger a few minutes before we started interviewing about this one thing that I'm like, how, how is this in my head that this is a rule of Scrum mm. if it's not even mentioned anywhere? So uh, I think practice and habit and bad experiences tend to create rules for me, at least personally, mm-hmm. that I tell other people are rules. And that's not always the case. So that's something mm. I guess 
going back to the source and refreshing yourself with it is often a really positive thing to do. Absolutely. And we, we see that quite a bit with our students um, when people come in. And this, I mean, back to the changes. Thank heavens that they, they finally got those three questions out of that daily scrum section. Because, <laughs> well, just to rant on this, for those of you who are listening to it, uh, my students are going to laugh because they, they think I do this whole bit in class where I go, how many of you have seen this? Yesterday, I did this. Today, I did this. No impediments. Thanks, Scott. Yesterday, I did this. Today, I did this. No impediments. Thanks, Dave. Yesterday, I did this. And what's funny to me is that like, when they were rewritten, you know, seven, eight years ago for the whole, what am I, what did I do yesterday that helped the members of the development team get closer to the sprint goal? I tell them, I go, the fact that people are at guide level, like trying to get to guide level and they miss that. And that's the big old aha moment. And then I go, guess what? You don't even have to use these. Yeah. There's enough people, bad actors again, out there saying you go through the motions and it's kind of like, uh, I tell people, I say, it's, it's like the, the program in the matrix when the, when the woman in the red dress walks by, it's like, was she there? I don't know if she was there. And it's an agent. Yeah. People hear enough. You hear it enough times. You take it as a rule. Thing. Like what yeah. you were saying before. It's like, you say it enough times. You're like, but it happened. It's like, no, it didn't. It never did. Here it is. Yeah. So I'm glad that's, I'm glad stuff like that is out of there. Like, frankly, I'm very happy about that. Yeah, it's hard. Though. I mean, it's hard. It's for me. It's hard to catch it. Like, I really liked when they changed the questions too to help us meet our commitment for the sprint. Just because, I guess, I look at it. Some of the stuff, like, yeah, you shouldn't need that in there, and it is kind of limiting. But for the people that come to this, that just want to know, like, what are the rules and the boundaries, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. the best that we're going to be able to get. Yep. You know, in some cases, so being super clear about that stuff is good. I think when you get to that place. Um, where you can start to break the rules. Mm-hmm. I don't think you worry about, I mean, I, I guess I feel like for me, like I, at that point, I stop worrying about whether or not it's okay with the scrum guide or not. Is it, Cause it's is the it right thing to do. And I know it it's the right thing to do. Yeah. It's like what well, I tell everyone, I say, you can do whatever you want. If it's a practice that works for you. But if you, if you pull stuff a little bit further away than the spirit of like the intent of things and like what you hear in class, the only ask I have is I say, just don't call it scrum. And that's fine. Like yeah. if this works for you, cool. You want to like pick and choose. Hey, that's cool. It works for you. That's cool. Go get them. Just, yeah. just don't call it scrum. That's the only thing I ask. And most people are pretty cool with that. Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's dig into this. So yeah, dig in. Like, anything you want on this? I got. All right. I, I read this and prep to this, and I wrote down a whole bunch of stuff. So the artifacts. Just in case you're not familiar with it, this is the section of the guide that talks about the things that are created. And it includes the actual work that we produce. So there's a section on the increment, there's a section on the sprint backlog, and a section on the product backlog. Mm-hmm. And one of the changes they made in this version is we now have uh, what they, an artifact that they refer to as a commitment. So we have a product goal for the product backlog, a sprint goal for the sprint backlog, and the definition of done for the increment. Um, my personal opinion is maybe commitment wasn't the right word to use there, but the idea is that the product goal expresses the state we want to get to. The sprint goal expresses um, what we're, what outcome we're looking for with the sprint, and the definition of done is how we clarify that an item is fit to be given to a customer. Um, the product goal thing's interesting to me because that's where I used to teach vision statement. And I guess now I'm going to have to switch over to product goal, but I wanted to check in and see if you consider those things to be the same or different. I think it's a little bit different. Um, and to step back from the, from, from just the product backlog and look at all three of them. Yeah. Um, the change that was made to the sprint backlog is actually where I started with all this. Cause I was like, huh. Um, I'm a big fan. The way I, I talk about a sprint goal 
uh, from the 17 version for those of you following around at home, uh, as far as that let's work together and, and deliberate conversations I say happen where a product owner would make a suggestion of backlog items yeah. and those items would be selected by the development team. So suggest and select are the first two parts, but then I say collectively they co-author and they craft that statement. And I say, think of it as one, think of it as the reason you're coming in for this month or less. Like what's the reason we're coming in? So that one sentence it's like, okay, can you write this sentence together? Everyone wants to get to task. It's like, what are we, why are we even coming in? So the flavor of that was there, but the change that caught my eye as far as the sprint backlog, and here's what I even wrote. I was like, it changes how I teach it and it's close enough, but maybe it's just me being a curmudgeon. But, <laughs> but saying now that the sprint goal is contained within the sprint backlog with the selected items and the short range sufficiently detailed plan. It's like, okay, I think that's what they were going with, with product goal contained in the product backlog, as well as the items that help to support it. So I think that they were trying to go for synergy there. That's just, that's just my take in reading it. And I've been talking too long, but I was going to let you know. No, no, that was, I mean, so I, I, I'm of two minds with it. I think Mm -hmm. that I agree with what, how you described your interpretation of their intent Mm-hmm. Um, my problem, uh, I'm going to save the sprint backlog for a couple minutes, but my problem. Yeah, I got problems. The, I just wanted to set that yeah, up. <laughs> I, I still got backlog, problems. With pre- I'll get to that in with, a second. <laughs> with either one of them is, is the thing, we're talking about a thing mm-hmm. that explains why we're doing a thing and it's part of what we're going to do and it's the outcome that we're looking for. So to me, it's like this self-referential snake that's eating itself. And I'm thinking about the fact that when I am working with people that are brand new coming into Scrum, they have a hard time coming up with a vision statement or you know, mm-hmm. a why for the product as mm-hmm. it is because most of their companies haven't done that for them. They haven't shown them that. And if we're now saying that that's in the product backlog, mm-hmm. I think about them probably going to get swamped in product backlog items becoming the product goal and isn't the product goal all the product backlog items. Or, Correct. And it's just this thing that, I think is intended to make it simpler, but is actually for a lot of people going to make it much harder. I, I'm with you on that. This is this is some of the notes that I wrote down about it. One was uh, seeing an example of a product goal from Ken and Jeff would be interesting to see, um, because while it says, you know, it's it's a statement, that, it's something that describes a future state of the product, which can serve as a target for the Scrum team to plan against. I see that being completely misused. Uh, that's actually what I wrote down. I said, I can see this going way out of it um, from a traditional requirements taxonomy status um, where, I mean, here you go, the system shell. And I even wrote, come on, man. Uh, the reason why is that note the one sentence that comes right at the end of it where it says, it's the long-term objective for the scrum team and they must fulfill or abandon right. one objective. So that Before means- they start can... another one. Exactly. So this yeah. is the way I took it. This is my beef. So I could see- multiple long-term states of the product. And because it's left to interpretation, that could be old school binder like you and I both hate. So it's like, it's in the product backlog and here's a list of the the future state of the product. Just go make it all happen. You know, do what you're told. And I'm like, uh, so I'm but not- But wouldn't I'm, that also be the release? I mean, what we're going for at the release level? I I, I actually even stay away from, from group of sprints called a release. I don't even go okay. near there anymore. Okay. Um, just because w- once it got taken out, like in the whole thing with mid-range planning, the, the, okay. that's a no-fly. That's probably a whole other podcast. Okay. But, <clears throat> but from the product goal being in the product backlog, 
and the product goal emerging or product backlog items emerging from that, I found that to be there's a there's a potential misuse there. And I also found it interesting that getting away from description, order, estimate, and value to description, order, and size, yeah, that also can open the door towards the see, I thought we could use t-shirts. And then it's just like a, that's that's secondary compared to the whole product goal abandoning one before you go to another one. I, I could see it being completely misused. Um, I, I've already started to sketch how I'm going to teach it. Um, but uh, it's the it's I can see hierarchy showing up in there. You start getting into well, that's, ordering that's of product go. goals and ordering of product backlog items. And we already know product ownership a lot of times is the weak link in the chain, you know, where it's really a stakeholder that, de- you know, designates or delegates their authority to some aspiring business analyst. Sorry, shout out to all of you out there who are in that world. But it's like, no, I'm just calling it what it is. So it's like product ownership is already weak on so many teams. And I could see this as being another hole in the dam that we're going to have to figure out how to patch. So I want to take a second to mansplain something Chris just said. Hmm. When he said product ownership was the weak link, he wasn't talking about the product owners. He was talking about the organizational structure that doesn't let product owners be product owners. That is correct. Yeah. Thank you for the mansplain on that. No, I, <laughs> I love, I love working with product owners and the, the, I actually, what I lead off with, with all of my product owner workshops is, is that, and this is just my opinion. I don't feel that product owners are set up for success. Yeah. Um, most of the time, I think they're thrown into it. Um, I think they're, they're not given anyone to ask questions to, they're not given access to books, resources, tools, classes, training, you name it. It's just kind of go figure it out. And then that's how we end up with a, you know, with where, where we're fixing stuff. So, well, and thank God they can now work with multiple teams. Um, <laughs> that's coming too. So, but, but for, from a product backlog, product goal statement, yeah, you know, it's the, why, why are we the, building this thing in the first place? And I, and I'm okay with a, with a, here's a long-term, like, like actually saying, what are we trying to get done? But multiple product goals is, is what raises my mind. The, uh, fulfill or abandoning and abandoning an objective. Um, and also how this ties to it, not a fan at all at how the changes for the increment were there. So I'll tee that up for you. You can take this wherever you so want. So the there. thing about the multiple goals is really interesting to me. And when I, when I hear about how the product goal has to go into the product backlog uh, or a sprint goal goes in a sprint backlog, and these things are going to be decomposed and broken down, all I can see in my head is somebody saying, cool, so we can do this in Microsoft project now. Yep. Because we can nest stuff that way. And then that's the part where I feel like there is the intention. And I mean, the guys who write this document, they're smart people. They're super smart. And and maybe I'm just being jaded about it, but I always go back to who I was when I first came to this stuff. And that's exactly what I would have done. Same thing, dude. Right. Um, I'm right with you. I am so right with you. It would be product goal one and product goal one A. And here's a whole bunch of items underneath it. And I'm going to assign this to Jimmy because he's the best database administrator on the team. And what? That's not how it works. But so here's here's the thing that I'm stuck on, though. I always counsel that the PO creates a vision statement with the stakeholders, right? And that is used along with the roadmap to decide, you know, what's going to happen in the backlog, when it's going to happen, things like that, or at least to guide that. Um, but if the product goal, if there's multiple product goals, I'm still assuming then that there has to be a vision for the product overall, but there's multiple things we want this product now to achieve. Does that, does that make sense? I mean, cause that I could kind of see that in the product backlog, but I think I would probably just call those epics or themes. 
could. And it's like, I actually have cut all. So release, that's not in my class anymore. Right. I don't do epics, features, and stories and tasks, other products, other frameworks. I don't even teach vision anymore. I give them a little, hey, if you want to read about it, here's some stuff. Really? Because it's not required. Wow. It's okay. not in there. And I know that, you know, that there's another podcast for you. Yeah. But, we but can it's fight not about in that there. later. But, but, it, but going on the, my approach towards at least our CSM is what are the bare bones elements that you need to be barely sufficient as a scrum master? I've never met a scrum team that was successful that didn't have a vision. Yeah. However, it's not, do I need scrum. a scrum master to understand how to facilitate how to form a product vision where everybody in there just wants to get to the user stories? Mr. Chris, tell me about the user stories. Yeah. When they don't even have the mechanics and the amount of unlearning that I have to do, I'm going to spend my bullets there. Okay. So, so as far as epics and themes and features and subgroups and all that stuff like that, that's a world that I exist to squish. Um, and I can't stand it because at the end of the day, put something in front of some people whose lives you're trying to impact positive way. That's, that's my approach toward the sprint review. And so that was my beef actually towards the whole multiple increments. I actually wrote, I hate multiple increments. I hate it completely. That was the note that I wrote down. Yeah. So there's, there's a tee up. You can go any way you want with it. Well, it's good that, I mean, Chris doesn't have a lot of passion around any of this. I'm, I'm sure you can hear that in his voice. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, to, I just, I would like, I always talk about this as though if your team members don't understand why they're building the thing that they're building, mm -hmm. how could they possibly be expected to make good choices when it comes to delivering vertical slices, you know, mm -hmm. in a sprint? They, they can't mm -hmm. if they don't have the context. And I would say that the vision provides the context, but I guess if I had a, if I had a product goal that could cover for that, if I have multiple product guidance. goals though, then that's, you know, I want ice cream and floor wax and a boat. And there you go. But it's and, like, you got to abandon one before another. This is where it's like, I can see it going a little bit crazy. That overarching, why are we here taking scrum out of it? Yeah. An overall team's purpose in the context of how they fit in the overall organizational piece those are things we always talk about, but again, it's the, is it part of it or not? And it's like, you and I both know, some comes in there and builds a class on all the practices and none of the meat in front of TAC back of the yeah. line. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's, is it in there or not? Those are black and white things to me. Yeah. I'm just thinking, I was trying to come up with a parallel and something you said sparked mm -hmm. this idea. If I was thinking so, about a human life, mm -hmm. each of us sets goals that we would like to achieve throughout our life. Like a lot of mm -hmm. people want to go to, you know, Mm -hmm. school and high school and college and get married and mm -hmm. buy a house mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. None of those individually explains Why? the person's life. Correct. You'd have to look at all of that stuff together Correct. to understand it. So, to, so be, to be clear, I'm not advocating to not teach a vision. I want to make sure that we're yeah, on the same page about that. I get that. I'm saying it's a, I don't see it in scrum guide. We're not required to teach it. Well, it used to say that the product owner used, provided the vision. Used to. Yeah. I thought we were talking about 20 today. No, we are. We are. We are. But it's a change. It's a change. No, so I guess where, where I'm trying to get to, and I think for the folks that are listening to this, I mean, we're mm -hmm. in the same boat as everybody else. We're trying mm -hmm. to make sense of it. Yep. I I originally looked at it like, oh, I guess that this, you know, product goal replaces the vision. But in talking talking it through, it really doesn't for me. No. no. It's just another thing that's got to go in the backlog that I guess now the question is, is the product goal a product backlog item? Well, and that's, that's where I wrote the, is it in there? Because, because I could see that 
I mean, I, you can imagine the questions. I mean, you get them too, where people are like, so is a backlog item a user story? Is a backlog item inside of a user story? Is a user, in, obviously, again, for those of you at home, no user stories are not a required part of the framework, but everyone likes to talk about them. Um, so X contained in Y, that's why I wanted to mention with um, the sprint goal, sprint goal being contained in the sprint backlog. I was yeah. like, I think, I think they were going for synergy there. Um, well, let's talk, let's move on to that one. Let's let's leave the poor product goal alone for a second. Yeah, I'm still. That's a, that's a. Don't worry, we'll have a call about when I figure out when I see the new set of LOs. Hey, team, how you doing? If you're listening, um, <laughs> well, no, I'll, I'll talk to them later. But uh, however those look in the road ahead, I think will inform a lot of probably how I approach doing it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I want to set up something about Sprinkle. This is probably the part of my class that I struggle with the most. Okay. And it is something that um, to me is very simple, but it wasn't simple for a really long time. And no matter how many different ways I can find to try to explain it, like we just had Thanksgiving. And to me, that's like the perfect example of the difference between the stuff you put in the sprint and the sprint goal. If we didn't have a pandemic and people were getting together with their families for Thanksgiving, the reason for that is usually to spend time reconnecting with, you know, your relatives, uh, maybe remembering how much you love them or why you purposely don't see them depending on what your family situation is, but you're, you're reconnecting. And the things that happen during that time together, the eating of the turkey or whatever it is you do, those are activities that exist to support achieving the goal. Um, and I can do that. I can talk about that 18 different ways. And in class, if I show them a backlog and say, what's the goal? They still mm -hmm. list all the things and say, the goal is to do this and this and this and this and this and this and nope. this. I'm like, no, nope. tie it together. And and people, I think you can see that or you can't. I just, I don't know an easy way to do that. But now that the sprint goal is part of the sprint backlog, I'm like, I just throw my hands up and like, forget about it. I don't know what to do now. Well, you can take, you can, you can steal from me if you want, <laughs> if you'd like, um, because this, this is the way I normally like to talk about it. Uh, 17 changes and it will probably carry over for 20 is that I'm not a big fan of, cause so everybody, and this is in my experience, everybody wants to walk into sprint planning, take all the anti-patterns out. Let's assume that we've got mutual understanding on a per backlog item level basis. They actually go through, Hey, here's a suggestion. And then the, the development team actually pulls items. I'm not a fan of doing all of that. And then at the end going, okay, well, why are we doing all this? I, I think that that's backwards. You want the goal up front. That's the first thing I say that yeah, happens. So absolutely. I, I, this is how I, I like to talk about it. And I explain it to students is I say, when you walk in, the first thing that happens is that your product owner, again, coming from a place of teamwork and trust, when they make a suggestion, by laying a set, I say you, they put their cards on the table. This is how we used to do it when I was a development team member. Here is a set of items where if they become real, and I know not all of them will be real, this is the product owner talking, then they could really provide some use and change some hearts and minds and make some people smile. But this is a suggestion. And none of those cards are new. Those are things that have talked been talked about in backlog refinement over and over and over. Yeah. So then the development team, it was kind of like a sliding activity where it's like, hey, we'll grab that one. No, kick that one back. And there was kind of like that negotiation. And what I always say is the development team can can grab all of them, some of them or none of them. But that back and forth has to happen early on where once they go, OK, let's take into account, you know, holidays. Are we all here? What do we know? All that other great stuff. Right. And then suggest and select. Those are the first two steps. But once you're there, it's like, OK, we're going to we're going to grab these 
six items. Okay, we got these six items. Well, let's look collectively. Let's look at these six items and say, if these, these became real, like, what are we trying to get done? And the way I say how to think about a sprint goal is I say, write one sentence that answers this question. What's the reason the scrum team is coming in this sprint? Like, what okay. good are you hoping to do in the world? And it was like, if this, one example that we used to use was like, if these items become real, the night nurses who are working in the hospital um, are going to have a lot more success working in low light conditions. True story back to some equipment we were working on because the screens were hard to see. Okay. But it's like, okay. And it was, wasn't always tied to a specific persona or market segment, but it's what's the reason? Yeah. What's the reason? How will the it's, world be different? How will the world be different? Like, what are you trying to do? And I say, you need to have a reason that actually gets you out of bed. And I go, because the worst sprint goal I ever had was, what's the reason for us to come in this sprint? And it was to respond to customer tickets within the desired SLA of the contract, specifically of a SEV one. I was just like, nothing gets me more excited than getting the car at five in the morning than that. Well, okay. <laughs> but so I agree it's not that inspiring, but meeting the contract SLA to me is better than do number one, number two, number three, number seven, number six, It's better, but it's still awful. From my okay. standpoint, this is, this is, this is from my standpoint. So if so, I was to say that a, a good goal was in this sprint, we want to eliminate all the P1 level security issues. On I this. hate it. Really? I hate it. Okay. I hate it. I mean, Personally. maybe that's the issue that I'm having. Uh, well, well, by the way, for those of you listening at home, if you ever want to watch something very entertaining, uh, find Dave Pryor and Chris Lee at a conference offer them an adult beverage and ask them to talk about their approaches towards sprint planning, which is not going to be done in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. part of it might be to that, but, okay. but from my standpoint, again, bringing it out to like, just here, I think of it as that one sentence, what's the reason we're coming in regardless of what that is. But like, if you can't write that one sentence, I say, pack it up. Like, okay. like what's the so, reason? And let's say in your example of we want to respond, like that's, that is irrelevant right now. The conversation it's the order. Can right. you write a sentence together? That's what I'm trying to get to. All right. So then let me check with you on this, because these are the two reasons that I say we need a sprint goal. Okay. One is that when we walk into the sprint review, if one of the stakeholders was to say something like, you know, what was the point of paying for all of you to work this sprint? Well, what do mm -hmm. we get out of it? That a sprint goal articulates that. And also during the course of the sprint, if the team members at any point feel like they they may not be able to complete everything, the sprint goal is going to guide them in their prioritization of what they can do. Okay. I'm, I'm just listening. That's it. That's it. So I'm curious to hear what your response to that is. Like, why do we need a sprint goal? What is it going to do for us? Oh, well, and th those are two big parts of it. Like okay. looking at it from the conversations that happen on it at least once a day in our daily scrum or throughout the course of the sprint, kind of like that. Okay. What is it we were trying to, oh, we were trying to do that. Like, like just as a touch point on that. Yeah. And just like you mentioned from a time boxing standpoint, we need to make a trade off here. Okay. And also the, the emergency brake lever, as I like to say, is that suddenly this goal is in jeopardy. Um, maybe we need to pull the emergency brake uh, when it comes to the sprint review. And this might be residual from stuff with uh, your talk from earlier with Michelle. Um, I, I'm a big fan from a sprint review standpoint. Um, we always like to, to state that reason, like, Hey, you know, we'd okay. say thank you for coming in and be like, you know, part, you know, the biggest reason we came together in this sprint was to do this and all of our feedback we, uh, and without getting into, into all those mechanics, we used to figure out what are the questions we need to get answered that mm -hmm. tied to that reason for us to come in. 
And each of us on the scrum team had a question we tried to get answered and we tried to be creative in doing it. So, but everything had to tie to the reason why we were coming in. So my opinion, you have to have some kind of a reason to come in this sprint. It's going to provide guidance in all those conversations you mentioned. Well, it also would be a, a thing that would hopefully guide stakeholders to want to come to the sprint review. Oh, I can't wait to see how they fix this problem of the lighting for the nurses. Like, what a, Yeah, exactly. Earlier. Exactly. If they, and you know, whereas mine is like, yeah, I can't wait to see how they fix the security holes. Like, that's super boring. <laughs> uh, um, and it's, it's how, you know, and this goes, the one, one sentence can be communicated pretty easily. And I did forget to mention this. Um, thinking of the kids that grew up, you know, near the beach, caught, I wasn't the best kid. I always tell students, I say, I wasn't the best kid. I wasn't the worst kid. But imagine if like you got caught by the cops having fun at the beach and they put one of you on one curb and another on another curb and they go to you, go to one kid and they say, Hey Dave, where were you Tuesday night? And then they came over to me and say, Hey Chris, where were you Tuesday night? You would hope the stories would match. And so what I like to tell people, I say, everybody on the scrum, scrum team should communicate their sprint goal, um, at least with a similar message and the same level of enthusiasm. Um, that's really, I say that that's how, you know, you're doing your job as a scrum master. When people high five at the end of sprint planning, it's like, I know why we're coming in. And so, sorry, we're on sprint goals so much, but, um, because I think it's good on sprint backlog. I did, I did write a couple things down. I wanted to throw out that I mentioned, um, some of the stuff I liked again, I really liked the plan by and for the developers. I was a big fan of that. And tying to that, I was a big fan of saying developers is meant to be inclusive and actually calling things out. Cause I always say it's not just the coders. Right. Um, I said, I didn't mind uh, inspecting progress toward it in the daily scrum. Um, this, and it, go, it goes back to where I even wrote, I said, always worried about daily planning going more than 15, which is where you and I differ on sprint planning. Again, that's podcast number two. If you want to do it, I'm open. Um, I'm just saying, but I said, I did like the removal of sprint progress from the 17 version. Um, I'm, I'm along the lines with you about uh, the whole developers committing to the sprint goal. And the reason why is that there seems to be a bit of a mixed message. The reason why is that when it's a product owner proposes how the product could increase its value and utility in the current sprint, the whole scrum team then collaborates to define a sprint goal that communicates why the sprint is valuable, et cetera, et cetera. So the whole scrum team collaborates on it, but only one part of it says, yeah, we're gonna get that done. I wrote down, as I said, mixed signals here, at least that's how I read it. Um, okay. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that because I think you and I talked a little bit about this with the development team committing to a sprint goal when really it's, I think that was you and I talking about it. Yeah. Um, th- there could be a mixed signal in there. And I mean, I mean. So you know, let's you talk about the word commitment for a second, because what I heard, there was a, an event that, um, that was held when the, when the scrum guide this new version was released and it was jeff and ken and jj and dave west and dave west was talking about commitment as something the team will try to do and i think for me that word commitment i just too much too many years of catholic school commitment is is not something you try to do like (laughs) you don't say when you get married like i'll try to be faithful you commit Mm -hmm. to something that means it's a promise so Mm -hmm. um to me if a team commits to a sprinkle then they're saying we're gonna we're gonna get this achieved now whether or not they do all the things i think that's that could happen or not happen as long as they get the outcome that they're looking for like i have a thing we use scrum to run my classes and Mm -hmm. the team set a goal and a lot of times in class we'll meet the goal but not do all the things and i'm always like do we pass or do we fail and people like we didn't do all the things i'm like yeah but we got what we needed Mm mm-hmm 
So that's the thing where it becomes kind of tricky to me and wh- and why it's concerning to me about putting the goal into the backlog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm done. Your turn. Okay. Well, um, on, on the, <laughs> no, no problem. I, I wanted to make sure that I didn't know if there was a follow on on that. Uh, the way I, the way I look at it is that I say you're making commitments to one another where it's yeah. basically, this is my part of what I wanted. I'm going to do to make sure that we win as a squad, but I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, sincere promises to one another and collective work products. This is all okay. the teamwork stuff that I do. And it's not so much, you know, well, you committed to this, therefore I'm going to hold your feet to the fire because I've seen people misinterpret the five values of scrum that way. Um, but it's, it's kind of going off of what you said. And, and thanks for sharing that. It was all of our activities and all of our efforts from best interests. We're going to, we're going to spend our energy to the best of our, that we can towards making that a reality. It's not so much checking off all these things, but it's all of our energy is going towards making that real. Did you do that? Yeah. I I think back to my parents of like, you know, Oh, you got a B. It's like, okay, did you, did you leave it on the table? Like, could you have studied more? Did you do all your homework? Did you ask for help? It's like, if you did all those things, that question, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm setting this up because there's a, this is okay. a longer, it's a slightly longer like, joke. That's pretty, that's pretty no, cool. No, 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 no. Wait, this is what <laughs> they thought they did. So, so I grew up, I'm half Chinese and, and, and half Polish. For those of you who haven't seen me, I'm, I'm a very interesting mix of things, but uh, it didn't matter what I brought home. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening to it, but in the conversations we've since had as, as adults, I understand more about where they were coming from because it was basically, did you do everything that you could? Like applying it, let's say to college where it's like, did you go to office hours to ask for help? You know, did you check the textbook? Did you ask the TA for this? It's like, basically, were all your actions, did you do what you could from from a good faith standpoint? If the answer is yes, and the best you got was a B, then okay, awesome job. As opposed to how I was in high school, where I just left a backpack in the in in the back of the back of the wagon, just play basketball all the time. I come home with a B plus. I'm in trouble because it's like if you just would have opened up your backpack, you could have gotten an A. So so when I hear commitment, it's like, did you do everything you could? It's like, yep. It's like, all right, cool. Um, just one another way that I've worked with some teams. That's just that. so emotionally healthy. I can't even imagine growing up. <laughs> Me neither. I, I think the no, assumption in was, my house. No, no matter my what house, you got, didn't you didn't really try enough. Oh no, whatever I got, it wasn't good enough. Sorry, mom and dad. Yeah. No, it was. Come on, man. But like that, said, but Asian that's similar to, to work. I mean, that yeah. you know, a lot of people are they look at folks that work for them like you know, oh, you did five. Why didn't you do six? Like it's not. Nope. It's, I said you did. Did you leave it on the table? Yeah, that's like, a really good question. Th- that's that's what I like to look at it. So it's like if the activities of the team in one month or less, if they actually gave that a good go, rock and roll. And, and at the end of the day, who's going to call them on it? So I, I did. I did just back on the sprint backlog. Uh, I do like the whole working together rather than separate comment. They did mention that. I thought yeah. that was good. It says encouraging um, the scrum team to work together rather than on separate mm-hmm. initiatives. So that's one of the reasons we want the sprint goal, and that goes back to the values and mm-hmm. focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so from, from like all my teamwork stuff, I'm a bi- again, big fan of collective work products, you know, working together, everyone contributing equal amounts of real work. Thank you, Dave Pryor for the social loafing article. I thought that was amazing. That's yeah, wasn't that cool? It's freaking amazing, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's stepping back and, you know, it's like, are we all chipping in and working as a team or are we really just a working group? I have a whole big workshop on that. Um, but, but from a sprint backlog standpoint, didn't hate it. Not a fan of the sprint goal being in the sprint backlog. So I am going to have to, because it used to be, you know, the what and the how, you know, that's what you and I would review yeah. apps on. Now it's going to be, 
how the conversations, the approach is going to be different. Um, and again, I'm, I, I wrote, I'm a grumpy old man. That was my note. Um, I, I'm not going to have a problem changing that and speaking to it because the spirit of, at least from sprint playing standpoint, I'm good with. I'm, yeah. I'm, overall, I'm good with it. I mean, I like the idea of the what, the how, and the why. I just, putting the sprinkle in the sprint backlog, that is as disturbing mm. to me as saying I'm not a fan that of every it. retrospective must produce something that gets put in the sprint backlog to change the team. Because that I to like me that is, they took that out. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm glad they I did because that bugged me from last that. time. Yeah. I, I think always, the sprint backlog should represent the work that the team is planning to do and the things they're planning to deliver. And the sprint goal to me is, you know, the overarching reason. What's the reason? There you go. Yeah. yeah. What's the reason? I was a big fan. What's the reason? It was, it was, it was, and I'm, I'm really big on a short range, sufficiently detailed plan. And that's just why I like buy-in for, because I'll tell you right now, um, I, I, I encourage my, my scrum masters going out into the world. And I'm like, notice I say, when you hear product backlog, who do you think of? You think product owner. And when you hear sprint backlog, who do you think of? You think development team. I said, notice how I didn't say either scrum master for either of those. Cause the moment you say my sprint backlog, I say, you take it away from the development team. The moment yeah. you say my product backlog, you just took it away from the product owner. How's that feel? That's like me taking your lunch. You want me well, to do that? and to take it one step further, I was on a team with a guy where we would be having the daily scrum, and he'd be like, "I'm working on my thing," and we're like, "Dude, I, I want to hit him every time." Done. Like, why is it yours? It's all of ours. I, the line I say <laughs> that people, have, and I'll say it again here for 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 my fans who are listening. When I hear the term "at least I got my stories done," that's like saying the holes on your side of the boat, not mine. Yeah, I mean, I can't stand that. Like I said, teamwork. That's where it all goes. Yeah. So hey. You want to talk about the increment? Yeah. I so I don't, I mean, the problem with the increment is I actually like everything they did. I got some heat. <laughs> okay. So I really like that. It says that it's a stepping stone towards the product goal and that yep. each increment is an additive to all the prior increments. I Mind think that, that, that is articulated much more clearly than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I like them talking about multiple increments in a sprint. I like the, mm-hmm. the definition of done. The only thing that bugs me here is I don't see anything about PO acceptance, which I wish was in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you apparently have different feelings than I do, so. Close, close it. feelings. <laughs> part, no, 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 but part of it is, is how I think about it. So kind of like what you were saying about how you're talking with Michelle earlier. By the way, Michelle, if you're listening, I hope you are well, and I hope the foster baby's okay. Uh, the foster as, baby's a cat. I, yes, foster baby's a cat. Not everyone knows Michelle. I'm sorry. So Michelle likes cats. I like cats. By the way, if you would like to see my cats, shout out on Instagram, cheese plate Voltron. One word. You can see all of my babies there. Wonderful kitties. Uh, my wife runs the account, not me. So back to the increment. I said, I even wrote down, here's the quote I wrote. I said, okay, so this is a hot button for me. I was like, oh, um, the way I, I like to talk about the increment is I say, when we think about tying back to empiricism, where it's like we make decisions based on observation and experimentation. And the phrase I always say is I say, we've made this for you. What do you think? What should right. we do next? And I always hold up like something that I have a lot of times I hold up my, uh, my hydro flask, like a big thing of water. Yeah. Is I, say, I say, it doesn't matter if for me to say, hey, take a look at this. And imagine if someone, I say, take a sip. And you go, how do I take a sip? I have to screw this cap off. And look, now I spilled on myself. You go, huh? Maybe it'd be helpful. And I always say, wouldn't it be nice if we put a little flippy, flippy, sippy, sippy on there so you can flip it open and take a sip? I go, you wouldn't have seen that unless you would have seen somebody fumble with that cap. And it doesn't matter if it took 15 
1,500 or 15,000 backlog items, you have one thing that you can say, we made this for you. What do you think? It right. represents the, the idea of a step forward in informing the decisions of what to do next. So I actually wrote the, wrote the quote, I hate multiple increments. I hate it completely. The reason why is that but, thinking of- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Do you want to get in? I mean, I mean, it's no, like you no, can no, hear no, what Go I'm, ahead. I'll wait till you're done. Are you going to listen to what I have to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go I apologize. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. So, so my take in talking about the increment is the sum of all of the completed backlog items from the previous sprint, and then in addition to the value of all the increments that came before it. So I'm okay with the whole additive of prior increments. Like I think that's very, very important from that context. But I, I think that it opens up the door for what I do not feel a sprint review should be. Because there's multiple increments, this opens the door. I even said, instead of saying, here's what we made for you, it opens the door for the, the dreaded story-by-story -story brief out, which I tell everyone not to do. Okay. Uh, I'm not a fan of that. I am a big fan of saying that these could be sent out to market and stakeholders prior to the review because... Uh, I, I, I hated where people were like, well, do we have to wait till the end of the sprint? I'm like, not necessarily. Think about what version of like Facebook you're on or which version of Net Netflix. But I, I also, I, huge props to Jeff and Ken to actually say this should not be considered a gate. I think that was great. And I love the reinforcement to the definition of done. It's just, I'm not a fan of the idea of multiple, multiple increments in there because it's just, it's so far away from, I say, this is what the output of the sprint is. We made this for you, like singular, like here's what we made for you. What do you think? And when people get caught up in the whole, you know, again, I, I've seen too many sprint reviews go wrong where it's just a story by story brief out. And you mentioned the whole acceptance of work. I talk about it as those conversations happen throughout the course of a sprint where when we get there, you know, it's the entire scrum team welcoming people in saying, thank you for coming. This is what we made. What do you think? As opposed to, you know, the, in my opinion, the anti-pattern where you have a product owner sitting in the audience going, I'm going to give feedback now. It's like, that's not how this works. So rant over. That's, that's, I'm, I'm not a happy, I'm not happy with the multiple increase. If it was single, I'm good. The verbiage in there is good. I said, overall, I don't hate it. I just hate a few things about it. Okay. So I'm going to just clarify something for the folks that are listening. The part where I interrupted Chris and he got kind of uppity, that's how we talk. <laughs> so this is how we talk. That is normal. Like, about, I, I interrupt about, him about. and he gets pissed off and then we keep going. Um, <laughs> so the thing that I like about the multiple increments is that mm -hmm. I can see where a team would produce multiple deliverables within a sprint, multiple features within a sprint. Somehow and they could all yeah. be tied back to a goal. Yep. Um, I think I want to clarify the thing about the gate and check with you on something. So the line mm -hmm. from the guide is the sprint it. review should never be considered a gate to releasing value. And I totally agree with that. But I actually do teach that the definition of done is like a gate in that if work lives in a product backlog and a team pulls it into the sprint, which is the system where the work is done, mm -hmm. it doesn't leave that system until it meets the definition of done. And that is like unlocking a door. So I all these conditions yeah, are that. true, then we can let it out into the yard. Mm -hmm. And I contrast that with definition of ready, which is a suggestion and not a gate. So the sprint review, I don't think is a gate, but I do feel like the definition of done could be considered a gate or a lock, a key that unlocks a door. If it meets all these things, it can go outside. If it doesn't, it's not going outside. Now, I don't know if every, I don't know how you feel about that. I don't think Slagger would agree with that. Um, but I'm curious to hear what your thoughts on this are. Okay. Well, so definition of done, I actually, I like to think it's similar. It's a little bit different, but I think it's in the same spirit where um, I like to talk about. So 
full disclosure, definition ready, no comment. Really? No comment. Wow. All right. No. We have a lot of drinking and fighting to do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> because we have a public audience. If you want, you want to reach out to me. That's a hard no comment. Let's do that one. All right, we'll save. But that when one. it comes to when it comes to the definition post-pandemic of post pandemic bar fights, I know, right? But what, I, I, echoing what Dave was saying before, it's like here are some of the things we want to look at, and I, I like to talk about the definition of done, like the family rules that the family comes up with, and that's the okay. story I tell. I talk about how. Um, I tell a story about my sister and my mom and my dad and I eating dinner and thinking about, you know, what, what is something, you know, what do we do when we eat? And it was like, every single time we eat, we clean our plate. We used to say breakfast, lunch, or dinner. didn't matter if it was put in front of you, clean your plate. Didn't matter if it was taco Tuesday or Friday night pizza night. We always clean our plate. I asked my students, I said, did anybody have family rules like this growing up? Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I say, well, over time, my mother said, I've got an idea of increasing the quality of the family meal. What about if we can work together as a team and load the dishwasher? And the joke I tell is I say, I never understood why I had to go to the sink to wash a dish to then put it in a box called dishwasher. <laughs> never unless. And, and, but it was, we would always load the dishwasher every single time we would eat. Didn't matter if it was breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Didn't matter, Taco Tuesday. It was what we always would do. And so I tell a bunch of stories about that. And then I say, so this is, this is the story I want you to think of when you hear about the definition of done. The reason why is that I say, these are the family rules that the family thinks completeness is at the backlog item level and the increment level. And you start to see light bulbs go off. I go, so for me, like on our teams, we would say for us to consider any backlog item to be complete, one of our family rules could be all the acceptance criteria are met. That's the same thing as saying, every time we eat, we load the dishwasher. I start to tie in like user experience guidance and tie to military policy and all those things like that. But like you said, it's like, it can't lead, the gate is locked until, I don't like to talk about it as a gate, but I think of it as a, for us to consider this thing complete, it has to meet the family rules. And I say, who better to come up with the rules than the family? And yeah. it's like, okay. So, so it's in the spirit, it's in the same spirit um, where it's a, we don't want to, we're not going to consider this good and part of that like what you're saying earlier, it could be product owners looked at it and the whole scrum team chops on it, or, you know, Hey, it falls in line with, you know, our hexadecimal blah, 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 version of purple or in right. line with AR 225 one or loaded into a pre pre prod like environment, whatever, don't care. But, but as long as the family comes up with the family rules and they're revisiting that over time in the interest of improving the quality of their work, I'm super good with it. So like I I'm okay I'm, I'm actually, I was very happy to see the strong tie of the increment to the definition of done. Yeah. I just think that um, too many people mix up definition of done and acceptance criteria. I think that people have, yeah, they don't they understand do. the increment already, and this is yeah. just going to make it even more difficult. So I wasn't happy okay. about the verbiage. That's that's part of the reason I'm not a fan of multiple increments because I'm a big fan of, I get that. we made this for you. What do you think? Yeah. So that, that's, that's my, cool. that's my little rant on that. Um if no, you want the full experience, you're going to have to take one of Chris's classes. <laughs> my students are probably like, oh God. But 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 I, I, I'm i with you on it, Dave, when it's like, hey, we're trying to put this in front of some people and, and you know, put our hands on it. We don't want to make sure that something leaves the gate. Yeah. We want to leave the gate locked. You know, as long as we, as long as the family comes up with the family rules, I say it's cool. You know, okay. if you hear if you hear phrases like the customer's definition of done or my definition of done, I'm like, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, that's weird. I can't stand that. So okay. don't hate, don't hate like, like almost everything about the increment, except for the multiples sprint backlog, not a fan of the goal being in there, but it's still kind of overall, but that product goal thing, yo, 
Yeah. I, think, I think that that's going to be the hairy thing that you, me, and all of our friends, peers, competitors, and what have you, that's going to be the, uh, that's going to be the hot button. All right, cool. Well, this was really great. So if you, hopefully you're still, if you're still listening, I guess this was interesting <laughs> to you. Um, so when this new document came out, you know, a bunch of us are kind of obsessing about it and that's because we're trying to come to grips with it and figure out yep. what we're going to do with it in our classes. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're not somebody that worries about it at that level, um, I would just offer you the advice of a friend of ours, Troy Lightfoot, who mm-hmm. says that everybody should reread this document once a month. And to me, that's similar to you should watch Star Wars at least once a year there because you, you need to keep that stuff fresh yep. or at least go back to it because every time you look at it, you're going to see some other thing and be like, huh. I didn't notice that before. Um, and that actually mm-hmm. happened to me today. So, Oh, really? Um, today? Yeah. <laughs> when I was going through it. That's with why Michelle? I started, yeah, well, that's why I started the conversation with Michelle. Oh, um, okay. So, okay. Got it. Got it. So anyway, I want to, we're going to end it here because we've been going almost an hour and I'm sure these folks have other things to do. Absolutely. Um, but Chris, what if they want to reach out to you and get in touch with you? What's the best way to do that? You got a couple ways. Uh, first, I'm I'm relatively active on Twitter, so if you wanted to find me there, my handle is at real Chris Lee. That's R E A L C H R I S L I, not L E E. You can also find me on LinkedIn uh, with that same uh, tag on the end of the profile. Love to hear from students, potential students. Um, you, you can you can find us there. Also, you can take a look at our company's website. That's SparkPlugAgility.com. You'll be able to find our our, our offerings up there and echoing what we were talking about earlier, the big focus of what we provide is a mixture of training, coaching, and consulting. Uh, we draw some really thick lines there. Training is where we're helping to show people how to do things through certified and uncertified classes. Uh, we approach coaching more from a, uh, a, a very productive partnership where we're trying to get your goals met. And then consulting is where you're actually asking us for advice if this is what you should do. Um, that's what people call us the most for, so that's what we try to focus on. So you can send us a note through there. Um, you can reach out to me. Like I said, LinkedIn, LinkedIn and Twitter are normally the best ways to get in touch with me. Uh, and if anybody's thinking about really trying to step up uh, from, a, from a guide level standpoint, we'd love to hear from you. All right, cool. And I'll make sure to include links to all your stuff in the show notes and before we go, I want to once again say thank you to Krista Makes uh, for the music for the podcast. Krista Makes is from the band Less Than Jake. And if you want to check out his podcast, which is a really cool interview, a series of interviews with songwriters and music producers, uh, Krista Makes a Podcast is what it's called. So uh, that's it. Chris, thank you very much. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.